0: I try to be somewhat entertaining. My main thing is I'm just trying to be 100% raw and unfiltered. And I don't really care about being politically incorrect. Obviously, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings purposefully. But at the same time, at this day and age, everything's going to fucking offend somebody, you know? And so if you're only worrying about not offending anybody, then you'll never say something. And I think that's where problems arise. So I definitely, I'm not ever going to say I'm right on anything. I'll, I actually kind of enjoy being wrong or proven wrong. I like changing my mind. Um, I think I explained to you my little life path over the last like five, six years from the U.S. to Portugal, Poland, Spain, Czech Republic finland traveled around asia a little bit not too much in the u.s i lived in like three four different states washington california connecticut north dakota florida so i've almost lived in every region in the u.s almost lived in every region in europe so far you know as much as someone who's i'm 30 years old could So I think I offer a fairly unique perspective and with the podcast, I'm trying to make like a global community on the internet. So yeah, I think that was a decent little summary. It's good to be asked this because I think there needs to be somewhat of a mission statement and everybody on the internet, whether it be Gary Vee or whoever, whatever internet guru, that you see on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Always says if you're trying to grow something. You have to have a niche. You have to talk about one thing all the time. And become an expert on that one thing. And. I, I agree. But. That's not what I want to do. You know. Like I'm not trying to be a. If I'm an expert on anything right now. It would be. And it's not fully expert, but it would be playing quarterback and knowing how to run a spread offense and coach a spread offense. I know other things, but those, if I had to say I'm an expert on anything, that would be it. And other than that, I'm just learning. And I, like I said, I have no problem about being wrong with anything. I've never really worked a real job, I've worked at gyms. I've delivered some pizza, I've mowed lawns, I've laid concrete, and those are all like real part-time, and then I just play football. And I'm living for a living, baby. How you doing? That's the whole point of the page. I don't want to like succumb to the 9-to-5 rat race life, the matrix, so to say. If you guys haven't watched the Matrix trilogy in the last however long, highly recommend that. I did that this weekend. It was fucking amazing. All right, I think let's kind of get into it. I don't know how I'm gonna edit this one. This one is crazy already. I'm saying in finish. When in need, there's a way. We kind of have that. It's called, if there's a will, there's a way. I love Europeans when they will try to give you this expression in whatever their language is. And most of the time, it doesn't actually sound good in English. And so they'll be like, oh yeah, we have this expression that translates to blah, 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 blah. And then you'll finish it and you'll kind of be like, "Oh, oh, okay. And they'll be like, Uh, it it sounds better in Polish. It sounds better in Portuguese. (laughs) Yeah, I fucking hope so. (laughs) Although I've been listening to Portuguese on YouTube lately. And Portuguese and Russian are so similar with, like, the phonetics and stuff. And so I kind of want to learn Russian next. I want to learn Russian and Mandarin. Because that's who's going to take over the world next. And so if World War III ever does start, and I encounter a Chinese or Russian spy, I can switch into their language and be like, nah, bro, I'm not one of those shitty Americans. (laughs) Don't kill me, bro, please. All right. I got to do my intro real quick. Hold on. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Living for a Living episode 63 with your boy Joey Bradley. And we're ready to rock, I think. Again, we got the live going on TikTok. If you are not on TikTok, I do not know what the fuck you are doing with your life, because it's so much better than Instagram. Also, if you're wasting a lot of time on Instagram, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life, because that shit is fake as fuck for the most part. Although, actually, now that I think about it, I post to my Instagram what I truly want to post. But I guess I'm different. In TikTok, I'm a little more calculated. I'm kind of trying to pull some strings and get people emotional. Where Instagram, I'm just much more, it's like my portfolio per se. Trying to make the, the page look a little nicer and those kind of things. But as you can see, you may notice a difference. Got the beard cut. Hair trimmed up a little bit. I actually trimmed my hair myself today. I looked it up on YouTube, how to do it. And I got onto some gay guy's YouTube page who is absolutely fabulous. And he told me to section my hair off into quarters with four elastic ties and like do four different ponytails basically. And I got to say, he has like 6 million subscribers for a reason. Because this shit is flawless. (laughs) But yeah, like I just needed a change. I normally cut my beard at the beginning of March. But that's also been because I've lived in a place where it's warm. And so the changing of the seasons gets kind of hot and just annoying and sweaty. Like last year I was in Barcelona and mid-March, it was fucking warm. And so, I just wanted to switch up. And also, I guess it always, it does kind of relate with... Mm, I don't know. I have this weird theory of kind of anytime someone does something with their hair or facial hair, anything drastic, there is some weird mental thing going on with them. Um, Because... I don't know, I guess I see it more so with girls who will dye their hair, you know, purple or pink or green or blue, and I've dated some, so I understand and I know, and I've, I've literally talked about this with them, and so it's not just, this isn't some assumption, but also with myself, I've always thought about, "Eh, maybe I'll dye my tips black or blue or whatever, and I guess the last time I cut my beard completely off, normally I go from super beard to smaller beard to smaller beard to stubble to nothing. And so it's a gradual change. But normally when it finally happens, there's some weird little thing mentally that like kicks it off. And so I don't know if there's been like a specific... Last year when it happened... Me and my ex like had some fight or something, I think. Yeah. Because then I took LSD and I went up to the best viewpoint in Barcelona. It was really good. That was a fun time, actually. and But there wasn't like a specific uh, reason for doing it today or this week or whatever, I, whenever the hell I did it. But I didn't realize how many people here in finland love my beard like more than i did i mean it still looks weird seeing myself on camera doing this but i got to practice and the amount of dudes on my team that were disappointed in me for cutting my beard was slightly suspicious <laughs> and so i the one thing though that i'm glad i really cut it i that I'm really glad that I did cut it about is I was starting to feel that the beard was part of my identity. And I was thinking people like or dislike or respect me because of the beard or think I'm older, whatever may be. And that's never something I want, you know, in the same way I don't want to be known as a football player or a podcaster, or a whatever the fuck. people. I want to just be known as a person. And I realized that after I cut it, that a big part of my identity here, at least, in Quopio, was based off the beard. And so I'm really glad that I cut it for that reason, even Mm. though I do honestly probably think I look worse. But it's all part of the game. It's all a little change-up. It feels kind of good to feel that cold wind on my face. You feel me? But the thing that I realized after I cut it, or part of the reason I don't like myself as much right now, and I didn't realize it at the time, is I have fucking gained some weight. And because I normally never get on the scale because I'm normally on the skinnier side. And as an American football player it's just been drilled into your head you constantly need to gain weight as a skinnier guy and i could never gain weight when i was younger and so it just ultimately led to this like weird internal crisis that couldn't be solved and so my solution for that has just been fuck the scale i'm not going to get on it but when i finally cut the beard this time i was like ah oh, did Your face kind of looks fat, bro. (laughs) Like this isn't, your cheeks are a little bigger than, your chin isn't as defined as it's supposed to be, bro. And then I got on the scale after at the gym and I'm up to almost like 190, which is I think 85, 86, 87 kilos, 87, I think which I'm normally right around 81, 82, like 180-ish, maybe 175. So I was like, oh, damn. I got to chill on these fucking long (laughs) That's also, I have been drinking more than normal. And I think that's probably definitely, in addition to just getting older, metabolism slows down, all those things. And so now I'm just trying to limit myself to drinking on podcast nights and maybe one other night. So two nights a week for a little while I was drinking, I was drinking too much to be honest. And then also as today was like the first time I was looking in the mirror, like with my hair and my ex told me, I don't know, we talked maybe like two, three months, two months ago. That I need to be careful with my angles on the podcast because like my hairline was moving. I mean she kept it real with me, which I appreciate. But today I was like the first time I was like looking on here and I was like, damn son, I might she might be on to something. I'm kind of thinning. So I'm fucking Googling. <laughs> Receding hairline. <laughs> How do I grow that back? <laughs> what are the causes? And a big thing i do is always have my hair back so i'm gonna you'll probably see it down a little and that's also what spurned the the haircut because i think my hair was down to here i cut like an inch or two off but i didn't want to have it long because it looked weird and so i always had it pulled back and that has some weird fucking name that eventually makes your hairline recede. seed it happens it's more common in black people that have like twisted and like braids that are like super tight hairstyles but the way i do it sometimes it happens so i'm gonna rock the hair down a little bit more i got the self-cut like i said from the gay guy on youtube i think it looks pretty good i'm not gonna lie So, yeah, that's that's what's been going on. I think overall change is good. Change is kind of scary. Oh, I have a quote for that. What is it? Actually, because yesterday I started randomly talking to, I can't even call her a friend, to be honest, not in a mean way. Just we never, we I, I don't know when the last time we talked. It was probably like a decade ago. But we went to high school together. Friends of friends, like my girlfriend in high school was one of her good friends whatever and she just randomly commented on one of my stories and it led into this awesome conversation and she has something in her profile about change that I wanted to read that like really resonated with me okay so it says change is a way of life the seasons tell us so Yet nothing shakes us like change. Though we may expect it and sometimes even want it, more often we dread it. We dread change because we fear it. We do not think change can be for the better. Things happen that we would never have asked for. We respond by saying, if only I'd done this, or if only I hadn't done that. We cannot change what has happened, but we can change how we handle it in our own hearts. We may need to forgive ourselves, or we may need to forgive someone else. If someone needs forgiving, forgive. For heaven's sakes, forgive. To be free and at ease once again, we we need desperately to release the baggage we have been dragging. It is all we can do. And so I guess that gets me to two points. That, like I think I've said before, forgiveness is super fucking crucial to moving on and just not burdening yourself because it's if you like refuse to forgive somebody, you're only fucking yourself up. You're not fucking anybody else up. It's like you're choosing to continually take poison. But then also the thing that was beautiful was we had this conversation that I had, I didn't know I needed, but I definitely needed. And I mean, we were talking about life and culture and this and that and traveling and the fucking panda, aka the pandemic. I'm calling it panda from now on. Um, And it it was awesome. And it was completely random. And at one point, she said something like, crazy how one comment can start a good combo between two people, huh? Because... It was literally a comment about this Peyton Manning video from like 15, 20 years ago of him throwing footballs at kids that started it. And I realized that I hadn't fully been myself as of late because as I've posted and stuff, Finnish people don't – or I guess it's not that they don't want to be asked how they're doing – But my friend was like, you know, you you shouldn't ask a Finnish person how they're doing because they'll respond super honestly. And I had posts and I've realized like social media has kind of affected me in a certain way because of that. And so I'm normally always the person who is buying something at 7-Eleven or, you know, the corner store or the grocery store, going through the line at Chipotle, wherever. I'll be, hey man, how are you doing? How's your day going? And I'm genuinely asking. And most people in the States, as Europeans know, Finnish people know, they respond with, "Ah, I'm good. It's just like a shut the fuck up, keep it moving kind of thing. And so I realized because of posting some of these things, I haven't actually asked anybody how they're doing, and I haven't asked how the day's going, haven't been asking any of that shit. And I realized I haven't been feeling like me to a certain degree. And part of it is because I'm not asking that. And I'm not having these random connections. Because I'm the fucking king of making random conversation with strangers throughout the day. But that has to start some way, somehow. And for example, at the odd kiosk near my old house in Quopio. This older lady who worked there. She's the homie. But it all started because I asked her how she was doing one day. And she literally told me, "Ah, you probably shouldn't ask Finnish people how they're doing. But it led into this little friendship. And so as I'm saying this, I realize how much more I need to just start asking motherfuckers, how are you doing? You know what I'm saying? How are you doing? How's your day going? You all right? And just that little shared, even if they just say good, and keep it true keep it moving I think people appreciate that I know I appreciate that um you know I've I've for whatever my own reasons I can't exactly pinpoint them primarily or exactly I should say I haven't been feeling great I was feeling great maybe the first couple months here. I think part of it is due to practice and just not having not having everybody here. It kind of feels like we've reached our ceiling with the guys that are here right now. And so part of that, part of just not I'll be honest, the the dating scene in quopio is a little dry i've mentioned that before for whatever reason not real not any connections that way um, but it's good i think it's it's all in turn it's all like part of lessons that need to be learned that i've probably avoided one way or the other like throughout my life i've always i've been pretty alone like throughout the least last like 5 6 years in europe but there's always some little conversation I have going on with somebody around the world that's pretty flirty and pretty mm, I don't know how to explain it, like relationship possible, if that makes sense. And so that will can stimulate my mind and stimulate the and stimulate or distract is probably a better word. My mind. Or then there will be someone that comes over at night who stimulates or distracts me physically. And so it's like I've never had this complete self-being, whether it be mentally or physically. And here I'm getting that much, much more. And it's a bit uncomfortable at times not going to lie, but I also know that uncomfort leads to growth and I know that I've been needing this. And so I'm starting to embrace it a little bit more and lean into the podcast a little bit more, lean into some others, you know, doing the virtual traveling with the vlogs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's just a couple little realizations I've had throughout the last couple weeks, as I've been reflecting more on myself and relationships and stuff like that, as I mentioned my ex before, who I guess we broke up in July, and I don't want to get too, I'm not trying to get too into it, because actually I'm going to cover some of this shit later on about how I think. Putting yourself and your relationship, not yourself, but putting your relationship too much out there on social media is just a recipe for disaster. Um, And so, yeah, I'm not even going to get into that too much. But I've just realized that I am like the dude who you date right before you get really serious with somebody. And this is just going off of the track record at this point over the last few years (laughs) and um, I'm happy for each and every person completely because I don't know if maybe maybe it's out there for me maybe but I've just realized anytime that I get into a semi-serious thing where I really catch feelings and other it's mutual ultimately all my relationships end because i move and that's talked about from the very very beginning so it's not this surprise but during the amount of time that they are going on they're pretty serious and impactful i would say for myself especially and i've i would think the other person but i've noticed that once i once we break up or end things or you know whatever however you want to describe it whenever the next one comes maybe it's not the first one but at some point for the next for the other person the next one tends to be super serious and i don't know exactly what that says or what that means um it's just something I've noticed. And so I wanted to say it. It's kind of weird, I guess. But on the on the note, like I said, I don't ever really want to put myself too out there. I guess there's one podcast episode of me and my ex while we were together talking about some pretty personal things. And it was just a completely random non-planned quote-unquote podcast where we just set the phone down in the middle of us while we were having a conversation. But I don't know if I would ever want to do a couples podcast or fucking couples TikTok or anything like that because to me that shit just seems super fucking fake. And maybe... I'm sure there are some examples that prove it wrong, but the latest example, and I'm not trying to fucking jump on anybody's back of a failed relationship or anything like that, but the old like hate to say I told you so in the back of my mind just rang so true a few days ago or a week ago when I saw that, what's it, Cat and Mike, Mike and Kat on TikTok, they have like, five million followers and they've just always their content had been entertaining for sure but also very to me subliminally obvious that things weren't working very well and they in a way were very straightforward or I think have always been pretty straightforward about they got married essentially because they were having a kid together that was completely unplanned after only meeting and knowing each other for like two or three months or something. (laughs) I just remember when I first found out about that because it always came up on my For You page, which is like the main page on TikTok for you motherfuckers that don't know TikTok. And I was always just like, all right, this shit is not going to last. Like there's, there's absolutely no way just odds say. Odds say that you you go three months of knowing each other, add a kid, and add a fucking social media platform that's just blowing up. That shit is not going to work. And lo and behold, I guess they're, I don't, I feel stupid or weird like saying it because I don't fucking know these people and I really don't care that much, but I just, again, it popped up on the for you page where I was like, um, okay, that makes sense a little bit. I think there's also a weird thing to normal motherfuckers that get this huge social media following that don't have any quote unquote skills. For example, like a, like these people that were just a, a couple that got five million followers, even a like person like Charlie Demelia or whatever her name, and her sister, and like these people that the like TikTok stars that got famous for essentially nothing, but those are the upper echelon. I'm talking about people with five hundred thousand or maybe I don't even I don't have a distinct number for it. People with, that happen or that happens to them, this is just an observation, I feel all start to go insane because they don't really have a reason for getting this notoriety compared with a comedian or an actor or a rapper or a musician, you know, an artist of some sort. Or, you know, even fucking somebody doing a podcast. I'm not, I'm, I'm already, I, I started the podcast because I was crazy. So I, I can't go crazy. Um, but, you, you, you know, I hope you know what I'm saying. Is there's this weird thing where I think the comments and the hype or I don't know exactly what to call it just takes over people's fucking minds that they were never really intending on that to happen. And so this thing where people make all of their identity over this social media life that they're portraying gets really fucking weird to me. And I think it's mentally really, really bad. You know, as I, I said, the the... TikTok stars and stuff like that. Like, I've talked about it before. I don't see how mentally and psychologically that can be good for society, especially themselves. Um, And it's just weird, too, that now the, the niches and things people will try and get into in order to obtain this little fame thing. And I guess I'm somewhat guilty of it as I've, I guess, talked about Finland so far and that's gotten the whatever followers I've gotten on TikTok so far, literally loses me followers on Instagram, but um, (laughs) I've, I've viewed it solely as a game from the beginning. And so I don't put too much uh, self-worth behind it at all, (laughs) like almost the contrary, no offense. And, um, but some of these niches that people are getting into, because as I said, a lot of the social media gurus say you need a niche, you need to be an expert on something, and da 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 da. And so I saw somebody, I can't, I don't know the name, I don't know anything, sort of God, that was their profile was like ex heroin addict and talking about stuff now. I don't know what the fuck. But just the fact that it's – and I, in one way, I think it's great that they're very open and maybe can affect some other people's lives. But just the, the – that's the niche that you're trying to get into is like ex-heroin addict that's talking about stuff. is just so strange to me. And I can't knock anybody's hustle or anything like that. But it's just weird, and and the one the thing you see the most of on TikTok and social media in general is just the gym person. And to me, the person who makes the gym their life is one of the boringest motherfuckers and lamest motherfuckers out there. And you're talking to a guy who goes to the gym a lot, fucking professional sports player. It's kind of required for me, even though I know I don't look like it because I don't care about doing bodybuilder fucking biceps all day, every day. Um, I'm more into the functional things that will help me play for another 10 years. And um, it's it's just weird to me. I, I guess I don't know if I have too many... Ex- like when people just make their personality the fact that they're a gym person to me shows that they're they don't really have too much personality and that's me judging for sure the internet has also made me realize how fucking creepy people are cuz on youtube lately things have been coming up about southeast asia cuz i've been posting about southeast asia with my time in Thailand and Nepal. And so I think there's some weird correlation there. But some of the videos that are coming up are, I forget what the dude's name is. I don't want to put him on blast or anything. Not like anyone cares. Um, But he literally is just walking around Thailand or Bangkok or wherever, Pattaya, like talking to the hooker bar girl person in weird kind of kind of creepy ways or filming guys talking to the like hookers basically and it's not edited at all like it's edited really shittily it's like 20 minute long videos of just essentially voyeurism And they have millions of views. And here I am trying to edit my fucking day in Thailand and have some personality, talking to the camera, interacting with people in like a truly genuine and heartfelt way. And those motherfuckers get like 100 views, 200 views. You know, it depends on what one it is, don't get me wrong. But then I'm like, okay, this, like, essentially voyeurism has 2 million views, and I can't get 2,000. And some of my Nepal vlogs have a lot, but um, it's just, it's made me realize how kind of creepy the internet is. And how creepy a lot of people are on the internet. And I'm not knocking them, I get it. It's a... It's, uh, product of the environment, essentially. I'm sure there's someone here watching right now, one of you motherfuckers on this live are creepy as fuck. That's just how it is. But the thing with the lot li- or with TikTok primarily is most most a lot of people have anonymous um profiles. And so people are way more bold with the anonymous profiles. It's the same on Twitter where you see the motherfucker with the egg or a dog or whatever it may be. And they'll say some outlandish shit that they probably wouldn't say if their actual face was associated with it. And that's just a like a grain of salt to take things with because a lot of people get really caught up on comments going back to random motherfuckers that get social media famous that kind of in turn become insane because they get really caught up on these comments of people (laughs) that have a dog as their profile picture or have a cat or have the egg icon on Twitter. And it's like those are real people. I think I know there are robots and shit. I think a lot of the people that follow me on TikTok are fucking robots because I got like 15,000 followers in literally one day. And I don't see how that's humanly possible. Um, And so I view it so much more as if they're not interacting than they are robots. And even if they are interacting, some things people say nowadays are fucking incredibly robotic. At least in comments. Or at least more so on Twitter. But I guess you see some shit about masks and Corvid and the vacations, which is a word for another word that starts with a V and ends with a shuns. Um, It's hard to believe some of those people are real, to be honest, but I'm sure some of them are. And I guess that kind of gets me into a next segment or next thing that I've I haven't talked about in a long fucking time because I don't want to, f- I don't want to talk about this shit, but there's just so many weird little coincidences and now I've like stockpiled maybe three or four weeks of stuff. But regarding COVID, it's just, I mean, again, I, not a denier, but just the fact that we've shut down the world more or less for a year. It's just comical Like, when you look at now, there's a year of stats. In the beginning, you know, in the first month or two, there weren't concrete stats that you could look at and be like, oh, no, this thing's crazy. It's so different. And it is completely different in the fact that it affects a lot of people. Completely different. But just here in Finland, I'm going to give a few numbers that I've gotten from a friend who is much more concerned about this stuff. I don't watch the news. I don't I don't care to cuz the only thing news can do is get you in a bad mood. The news is never you're never going to watch the news and be like, "Oh, I'm about to have a great fucking day." You know, like, "Oh, no one has ever said, "I'm so glad I watched the news. That made my day better." <laughs> you know? So like, uh, I'm good on that. And so I had a buddy send me this in Finland. And right now in Finland, where I am in Kuopio, there is very limited restrictions. The bars now close at 10 and everyone has to be out by 11. Or they do last call at 10, everyone's out at 11. Before it was maybe two or three weeks ago, it was midnight and then everyone had to be out by one. Restaurants and stuff are still open. Masks are not required. I'm not exactly how what it is in Helsinki. I know a lot of restaurants are closed in Helsinki, a lot of bars are closed in Helsinki, and all over the country as well. But here are the stats, and then regarding that. And this is over the last year. And this is from the THL website, which is the official Finnish healthcare officer website or whatever. That the infectious disease register has collected information on 816 deaths so far. And yeah, maybe by the time when I got this and by the time this shit comes out, there's a couple more. Okay, fuck you, if that's what you're gonna say. Um, but here in Finland, the median age of deceased is 83 years old, 51% men, 49% women. Of the deaths for whom more detailed health data are currently available, uh, the majority, which is over 95%, I repeat, over 95% had one or more long-term illnesses, aka another comorbidity. <laughs> the place of care of the deceased uh, immediately before death, 25% were in specialist care, 42% primary care health, uh, primary health care unit, 31% social care around the clock unit, And 2% were in-home or other. So of those 816 deaths, 2%, which is about 16 people, we'll call it 20, were just at home. The other 98% were in some kind of specialist care. It has not increased the overall mortality in Finland over the last year. Numbers are still the same as they were in 2019 or 2018 as before. The deaths among working age people are incredibly rare. And there's been no deaths from coronavirus in children or adolescents, at least reported so far in Finland. Um, And so I, I say all that because let me scroll right up here. Because now, like, they just continue to move the goalposts with all this fucking bullshit. And it is bullshit. Just not the disease itself, but just the, the reactions from it. Because I know friends in Poland, Portugal, Czech. I mean, Czech Republic, where I was before I moved here, I was on lockdown for two months straight. Where all I did was go to the grocery store and the guy I'd buy some weed from. And that was it. And that was it. And I was starting to go insane. I mean, the mental health crisis because of this shit, we won't get to really see the effects on it until, I don't know, five years from now. The amount of suicide. I mean, and they don't have all the numbers yet. And they're slow to release these numbers on suicide and mental health stuff. And some of the mental health stuff is difficult to... um, make into a number, what's that word? quantify. And but they're also very slow on releasing that stuff for a specific reason. Uh but now just the the terms of moving the goalposts. The CDC now in the US, now I'm talking. We that was all those stats I said were from Finland where as I said there's still some lockdowns, still some stuff going on regardless of those incredibly low numbers and lopsided numbers and people will say, well, it's because of those lockdowns. Masks have never been required here, at least while I've been here the last four or five months. The bars are still open. So, fuck you. Um, But in the US, the CDC has now moved the goalposts again in order to get kids back in school. They say that Um, kids only need three feet apart to social distance. They don't need the six feet apart like has been said which for all my European folk out there, from one meter to a half a meter. So you only need uh, a little bit of space now from kid to kid so that they can have their desks closer and they don't need a fucking astronaut suit to go to class. According to the WHO calculated that 2.2 million of the pandas' 2.5 million global deaths were in countries with high levels of obesity. The report found death rates were 10 times higher in countries where more than 50% of the population is overweight, pointing to the UK and the US as examples. And it's ironic because in this time, so many people have fucking gained weight because guess what's closed? The gyms. Guess what's not allowed? Movement. So, it's like the, the main combatant to defend this disease, which I shouldn't say disease. It's a real thing. It's a disease. Is being in shape and not being obese. But myself included, even though I'm fucking access to the gym, I've gained weight over this time. I can't imagine someone who isn't having to rely on their body to create money so there's a lot of confusion a massive amount of people there's a disease that kills some folks and there's a disease that we in the beginning stages of this pandemic thought was going to be far more severe than it turned out to be and they never adjusted that's the problem the problem is it's still not good you know you don't want to catch COVID, but the vast majority of people who get it will be fine 78 percent of the people that are hospitalized are obese The obese people have a real hard time with it. There's 6% of the people who died from COVID only had COVID. The other 90... Can you repeat that number? 6%. One more time. 6% of the people who died from COVID only had COVID. The (sighs) other 94% had an average of 2.6 comorbidities. And the interesting thing with Rogan right now is I've noticed ever since Rogan signed the Spotify deal, he's been much more careful and deliberate with his words he used to really speak his opinion a lot of the times and he still does i've gone back and forth on this a little bit but he still does speak his opinion but he's also very careful on his words for his so for him to say this shit he's really going by the book because he they're trying to constantly cancel this motherfucker and so he does not want to get canceled out of a $100 million deal. I don't give a fuck about getting canceled. No one will ever cancel me. I'm not making any money. you know. So it's different for me to talk about this compared to him. I would highly recommend watching that whole clip. It's like 18 minutes long. But there's also a crazy story that Jim Brewer explains about a friend who basically got it. And they said he was dead. Wouldn't let his family come and see him. Said they needed to pull the plug on him virtually. We're going to get to see him one last time on FaceTime. Somehow got another person to come in and check on him. Said he wasn't dying. He was just super dehydrated. Totally switched it around. Got the family to come in. As soon as the family came in, heart started working again. Heart started beating again. All these things. And there's there's a a, essentially everyone knows the idea of a placebo and they talk about this entire thing in the Joe Rogan interview, but I'm going to summarize it so I can learn it myself. Uh, Everyone knows what a placebo effect is, you know, where they do it in studies for, for treatments and prescriptions and stuff like that, where one group, the control group gets essentially sugar pills or basically bullshit pills that don't do anything another group gets the real thing. No one knows specifically what they're getting, so both believe that they're getting it. But there's instances where people will and this happens in space jam actually, Mike's special water, which is just water, water. Where people think that they're taking some medicine and they're taking something that's really helping them and because they believe it and this I've been preaching this for the last like 2 months on this podcast is whatever someone truly, truly believes to their core is true to them. It might not be the universal truth, but in their reality, in their matrix, it is true. And so if you think that this sugar pill is going to cure your cancer, truly, truly, truly to your core, maybe it won't. Maybe you're too far gone and maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you might think that you might be right. But if someone truly believes it, it could help. And then on the flip side of the placebo effect, there's a thing called the nocebo effect, where essentially if someone's constantly telling you that you're going to die and that no matter what you do, you're fucked, and then you can't have any human interaction, you can't do any of these things, you're going to die. Like, and, and hope and human connection is such a powerful thing that... I know I'm probably going to get labeled conspiratorial for this, but just the fact that we've been locked up and prevented from connecting. And I mean, I know a lot more of the stuff with the US of you can't hug your family members and you can't do this and you can't do that because there's a chance that even though you feel completely fine, you could asymptomatically fucking spread it. Even though Dr. Fauci, him fucking self, has said that... But the one thing historically people need to realize that even if there is some asymptomatic transmission, in all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit, an epidemic is not driven By asymptomatic carriers. But if you hug your fucking mom, you could spread this disease that you don't even think you have. It's just limiting human interaction. And... um, Because by doing... I mean, on so many different levels. And... I don't want to get too deep into it. But then there's also now... I've seen that England is now fining people 5,000 pounds for traveling abroad starting, I think, this weekend. I could be wrong on that, to be honest. But it's starting very soon, or maybe it already started. And so they're already fining people 5,000 pounds for traveling abroad. And it's just, if you've read fucking 1984 if you've read any of these like weird sci-fi things the matrix all of these like little things just play into it so much that yeah maybe I'm fucking crazy and conspiratorial um, <laughs> there's some weird shit going on 100% but yeah with with England making it essentially illegal to travel abroad now That's one of the scariest things for me because I truly believe and I've noticed myself uh, living six different countries, traveling abroad, experiencing different cultures and truly being in them because there's totally a difference between traveling somewhere, visiting somewhere, being a tourist somewhere, if that makes sense. But when you really embrace and engulf yourself in a culture and you're around the people of the area you ultimately then realize like yo we're all kind of the same like we all really just want fucking human connection at the end of the day maybe we go about it slightly different ways maybe we eat some different things maybe we say some different things however it may be but at the end of the day we all want the same shit we're all pretty fucking similar whether i have super white skin and blonde hair Whether I have black skin, black hair, whether I'm Asian, you know, whether whatever the fuck I look like, whatever, you know, whatever I sound like, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all pretty similar. The first way to make us all become hateful of each other, even more so than the media tries to make us right now is to limit traveling because if you limit traveling and you limit that experience of being in some completely exotic place, but then that thought of, damn, that's just like my uncle back home. He does the same thing as my friend, Bob. He does this. He does. You limit the amount of connection from a, um, like perspective from a, fuck what's the word yeah you you limit you limit the amount of relation that we can make on this kind of things and so to me when when things become either illegal or you get a fine for traveling or eventually they make that you have to have a, a vacation passport again I've said vacation is a code word for another word that starts with a V and ends with a shun sounds very similar but because of the fucking YouTube is crazy right now YouTube took off the Alex Jones flagrant to Andrew Schultz podcast which is one of the best podcasts I've ever seen in my entire life incredibly entertaining and incredibly like factual and like maybe not 100% factual but very very Close and it's still on Spotify. I would highly recommend checking that out. But YouTube took it off and not only took it off, they deleted it completely from the servers. And so, Flagrant 2 and Andrew Schultz, they don't even have it anymore. And so, that's why I'm kind of like, that's why I say Corvid and that's why I say vacation because they tune in to these keywords and they sense. A, I mean, I don't think they'll ever censor me at 100 views or 200 views maximum, whatever I get. But when you're getting 100,000, then they do censor that shit. And it's already been fucking proven. I mean, you go right now, search Flagrant 2 Alex Jones episode. It won't come up because it doesn't exist anymore. And I'll tell you, Flagrant 2 didn't take it off. They just talked about it on their last podcast. And so I don't know exactly where I was at this point, but if I was going to try and get people to just stay in their own bubble, because the longer you stay in your own bubble, essentially the more ignorant you become. You know, we all have a friend who's, maybe it's you. You've never left your hometown. You've never traveled. You've never gone anywhere. Unfortunately, your view of the real world, unless you've been very diligently, um, unless you've been very diligent in terms of attempting to get other worldviews through talking to people or watching documentaries or things like that, your world view is going to be very, very narrow just simply from experience. And so, um, if I wanted to keep people in that narrow hallway, I would first and foremost make it illegal to travel because once you can't travel, then you are literally forced to stay into your bubble. And, um, I see that that's what's happening with the UK right now. If they ultimately ever make it, illegal or legal that you need the vac the vacation to travel um at least on the air airplanes that's why I'm, I'm getting ready to start hitchhiking a lot travel by boat maybe get a sailboat get a van for sure that's my next purchase um which it's also not international law legal i mean the the x ex- Vice president of Pfizer, the vacation company, has also said that. I think I, I clipped that up like two or three episodes ago. Um, so, yeah, that, it's just there's some like weird stuff. And, and in terms of talking about the vacation, it's completely an experiment. Let's, there hasn't been the trials and tribulations that they normally do with normal vacations. It is what it is. Maybe it is good. Maybe it is great. I've heard from multiple doctors to not take it if you want to have kids. My thing is right now I think my body is immune enough. I trust in my immune system. I trust in myself. I don't succumb to this idea that I need to like protect everybody else on the planet because... Deep down, nobody really gives a fuck about me. And maybe that's cynical. I will be the first one to admit that. But also, I'm going to take care of myself. And I'm going to do what's best for me, first and foremost, always. Because at the end of the day, you're really the only person that's looking out for you. There's no one else that's looking out for you. Maybe your mom. If you're lucky to have a really good mom, your mom's looking out for you. Other than that, nobody gives a fuck about you. And I don't mean that in a negative way. That's just very truthful. People might say, oh, I care, I care. Eh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think people care more so about themselves, which rightfully so they should. So I am never going to tell anybody what to do. If you want to take the vacation, go for it. I support you 100%. I just don't want you to have to force me to take that vacation myself. Um, Let's see. I think I need to wrap up this podcast pretty soon, but I've covered most everything. I don't have any finish issues to talk about to clip up for next week, which is all right. I I honestly, I don't really even want to talk about Finland in the amount that I do talk about Finland on TikTok at least. But it just works so good and it's so easy to get people emotional. But I want to maybe start experimenting with some of the other countries I've lived because geographically, geographically, geographically based, they could still reach there maybe. And so for example... Czech Republic literally has the worst customer service out of anywhere I've ever been, and it's not even close in competition. I mean, it's horrible. People, and I used to go to this place for breakfast where the girl, I mean, I tipped really good, and I mean really good, like 50%. Because I was willing to fucking buy a smile out of this person. And I would go there three, four days a week, order the same thing every time. I tried to order and check. I couldn't buy a smile out of this girl who would wait my table almost every single time. And finally one day I ordered the same thing I normally order. She said, Ah, nay mom, nay mom nay mom, Which is like I don't we don't have, I don't have, I don't have. I go, say, okay, I order something else. Nah, nay mom, nay mom. Okay, order something else. Nay mom. I'm like, what the fuck? And she, in perfect English, said, I'm sorry, we don't have any breakfast anymore today. And I had been going there for a month or two. Not one time had she spoken a word of English into me. to me, and then all of a sudden she could speak perfect fucking English. Even though I've tipped her over the course of a month, i would probably tipped her, I don't know. every fucking time. And I made a vow I would never go back there ever again in my life. And I never did. (laughs) And so Czech Republic has the worst customer service by far. And they know it. I don't think that'll maybe... The problem with that one is it won't offend anybody in Czech Republic because they all agree for the most part. And yeah, there were a couple nice people but majority speaking, they would all agree. Oh yeah, I guess I got to say this one. So as I said in the very beginning, I've realized that I'm not perfect. And I have become an ist of some sorts. While it's not racist, it's not sexist, I'm not transphobic, but I have become an exist. And what I mean by that is, I only want to eat brown eggs. I have no use for white. White eggs creep me out. I don't know what it is, but for, I think my family growing up, we always had chickens, and those motherfuckers always laid brown eggs. And so if I go to the store, I'm always buying the. Semi organic bullshit ones that are brown. Fuck a white egg. <laughs> and so I realized that I myself am eggsist. <laughs> uh, I hope someone finds that as funny as I do. All right, I think that's good. So yeah, we're going to call it a day. For the old podcast, thank you, as always, for joining in. If you want to tell a friend about this, word of mouth is the best way for this to spread. I'd appreciate it. And until next time, all right, peace and much love. Holla. Living for a living, baby. How you doing? (laughs)